Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I wanted to thank the two sisters that went ahead of me. This was their first time doing what they did. And so it's such a blessing because I'm so inspired when someone does something for the first time. It takes uh, a lot of guts and it takes a lot of courage. And that's what we will speak about today. Inna alhamdu. Inna alhamdulillahi nahmadahu wa nasta'inahu. Inna alhamdulillahi. Inna alhamdulillah nahmadahu wa nasta'inahu wa nasta'gfirahu wa na'udhu billahi min shuroori anfusina wa min sayyi. Wa min sayyi'ati a'malina man yahdillahu fala mudillalah. Wa man yadlil fala hadiya lahu. Wa ashadu an la ilaha illa Allah. Wa ashadu anna. وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله قال الله تعالى يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله اتقوا الله حقا تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون All thanks and praises due to God we seek his help and forgiveness. We seek refuge in God from the evil within ourselves and the consequences of our evil deeds. Whoever guides, whoever guides, whoever God guides will never be led astray. And whoever God leads astray will never find guidance. I bear that there is no God but God, alone with partners, and I bear witness that Muhammad, Muhammad is his servant and God's messenger. From the Quran. You who believe, be mindful of God as God's, as is God's due, and make sure you devote yourself to God to your dying moment. So today, I'm going to spend a little bit of time, about seven minutes, I think I have five left, uh, talking about a particular hadith. So there's something very powerful about the voice of a Muslim woman. There's something very powerful about the voice of a woman. There's something very powerful about the voice of humans. But we often think about voicelessness as the problem. And what I think about is the rest of us just really need to learn how to listen. None of us has no voice. Each of us has a voice. This young daughter who's speaking, she has a voice. Our daughters have a voice. It's not that we do not have a voice. It's that we need to learn to listen to these voices. So I wanted to speak briefly about a hadith, a narration about the Prophet. Tariq ibn Shahab reported, a man came to the messenger of Allah, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and he said, what is the best jihad? I'm not afraid of that word. What is the best jihad? The Prophet said, a word of truth in front of a tyrannical leader. A word of truth in front of a tyrannical leader. So what is so powerful about this is that the most excellent, the most excellent of jihads, and in the term in English, jihad means an exertion of the self. It means an exertion of the self. Not what you see translated in media as holy war, we have and we name our children jihad because it means an exertion of the self. So a man comes to the prophet and says, what is the most excellent of these? What is the best? 
And this is how he defines it. So when we use this word ahsana, hasana, this, this is what the word that is used in Arabic to describe that the Prophet says this is the best. The word ihsan comes from the Quran. It is in the Quran 194 times in 12 derived forms. I won't go give you all 12 derived forms. But some of the examples are ahsanu, to do good, to be the best. The muhsin, the muhsinin, the ones who are the do-gooders. So the highest form of doing good, the highest form of doing good is not actually the infliction of violent speech or violence against each other. The highest form of doing good is found in an ethical articulation of speaking a word of truth as one of the ways we achieve the status of someone who is muhsin, of someone who is bringing to the world goodness. It is not in the infliction of violence, nor in the infliction of violent speech. It is in the speaking of truth, a word of truth in front of a tyrannical leader. So we can note that Hasana, and actually the founder of the, uh, of, uh, the women's mosque, is an embodiment of this name, since one of her names is Hasna. So that's why I wanted to spend some time on this word today. It happened to be in this hadith. Um, we can note here that hasana, this root, is applied to the embodied aspect of speech. Speech is an embodied performance of the human body. The Quran tells us that the human form is ahsin taqweem, the most excellent of forms of creation. So the most excellent of forms to achieve the most excellent spiritual status must speak truth in front of a tyrannical leader, nonviolence. Now the second word that comes from this hadith is the word, the word kalima, the word, the word word in English. So the act of speaking is embodied. It is not done by some anonymous sources, but by the act of speaking itself, it is an utterance. It is a human exchange. The oppressor must hear the speech. It is not a speech done in the bathroom by yourself. It is a speech practiced in the bathroom by yourself, but it is a speech done so that the oppressor hears. Too often these days, we understand standing for injustice as just an observation. This hadith and the Quran evidences points us to the nonviolent exertion of a human as one that is said to be a bearing witness. So to bear witness means we can't be alone in our speech. We must be in solidarity with others. It's not the speech created by myself, my views, my issues. It's created in solidarity with others. It is a utterance, a word said to the oppressor, but it is done in solidarity with others. So a word of truth, we talked about the word, the word is spoken, it is said, it is embodied. Then it is a word of truth, of haq. Truth is one that we make when we are in community. Truth is made in jama'ah. It is not my personal truth alone. It is a public one. It is a public speech. It is an ethical obligation to publicly speak out against oppression. 
Note again, this hadith does not say just to stand for oppression of Muslims. It does not say an injustice that relates just to your tribe, just to your race, just to your gender, just to your religious community. So a Muslim stands in front of the oppressor, whether the oppressor is Muslim, whether the oppressor is not Muslim, whether the oppressed is Muslim, whether the oppressed is Muslim or not Muslim. It is a universal part of our speaking truth. The word truth is haq, the same words we use to think of rights. A word of truth is principled as a position. It is not a mere disgruntled citizen. It is a speaking to the violation of rights, of hukuk. And it is not just standing for your own rights alone. It is a social justice violation, a societal practice that violates the dignity of humans. We are put on earth, the Quran tells us in Surah Baqarah, that God says he will place on earth a vice, a vicegerent, a representative, we are the manifestations of embodied justice who speak the truth, who carry the responsibility. We are not merely ambassadors for justice, but actors and agents of speaking the truth when such rights are violated. And the word sultan is used here in this hadith. And what is powerful is that it speaks not just to a person, but to whoever is in power and has ruling over human beings to decide their fate. So it's not merely one individual, but we speak to the systems that have power. We speak to the systems that have power, that are denying the dignity of other human beings. So God is the most merciful. God tells us your Lord has prescribed mercy for himself so that if any of you do evil in ignorance and thereafter repents and does righteous good deeds by obeying Allah, then surely he is oft forgiving, most merciful. Surah Al-An'am. So a tyrannical leader is one who does not show mercy. The opposite of mercy is tyranny. The opposite of mercy of rahma is tyranny. And the mission of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was expressed in the Qur'an to be a mercy to all of humankind. So together, when we think about finding our voice, we find it in community. We find it in spaces like this. We find it, we find it because if we don't, we are not fulfilling our obligation of the best of humankind the best, the best status of speaking justice. And so I wanted to share this with you because right now we are in a time when issues are rising against not just the Muslim community, but immigrant communities, against the African-American community, against many communities. Um, and one of the things that I wanted to share with you, and I'll end with this, one month after 9-11, I was 27 years old, and I was heading the Asian Pacific American Dispute Resolution Center. One month after 9-11, we were having conversations in this country about deporting Muslims wholesale. We were having conversations about not letting in any more Muslim students in visas. So I was chosen at that time to represent the American Muslim community to the US Commission on Civil Rights, fresh out of law school. So one month after 9-11, I had to fly to DC 
And it was empty plains. And it was a country, our country, had profound pain. And it was very difficult. It was not an easy thing. You are the subject of a hearing being held in DC. You are the subject of the possible policies in which your body will be affected. But what I found was that going into that space, this was the hadith that I carried with me because I had to speak truth in that moment. And my truth was that Muslims have rights and my truth now is all of the communities that we speak up for whom rights are being violated, no matter how difficult it is to speak, we have to speak. And no matter how, how afraid we feel to speak, that the, we have the greatest support, and that is the support of our tradition. And once you stand with the ancestors, we think about the ancestors that have come to the United States, the first Muslims came here through slavery, and they stood far worse conditions, and they survived, and they continued, and they spoke. Think of all the voices that are in this room. You have never been alone, and you will not be alone, inshallah, in the future. So may Allah bless all of us, and I hope you find your voice on an issue that's important for you, and uh, learn how to speak, but speak also in community and for all communities. Thank you. I say what I have said, may Allah forgive all of us. So I'm, I don't have time to give the second part of the khutbah, but uh, I will just sit for a second and we make dua for forgiveness together. Inna allaha ya'muru bil ihsan يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإتاء ذي القربة وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون God commands justice, doing good and generosity towards relatives and he forbids what is shameful, blameworthy and oppressive. He teaches you that you may take heed. <laughs> 